Good morning, guys. It is Tuesday, April 21st, and it is almost 8 o'clock in the morning, and I'm knocking out a podcast, and I'm going to try something new today. And the goal was to try this new thing um, through my birthday, May 15th. Uh, I'll be turning 36, so exciting. But I wanted to do this sort of like I mean, I'm pushing it, but maybe trying like every three days answer six questions from my Ask FM. So if I let's just say if I don't make it three, I'll try to do four. Um, but I'm going to try to hold myself to this and maybe it'll be a fun challenge uh, to knock this out. And I'm calling it my mail. And I'm getting these questions from my Ask FM or on my personal website, mytai.com. You can go to ask me anything and I've got some questions sitting there and um, they're all very interesting and I'm guessing that some people may not read those answers and a lot of times I don't get to expound on those answers. So I'm going to, I've pulled six questions this morning and I'm going to answer them. Um, these are all anonymous so you can ask these anonymously. People ask me everything from career to relationship to whatever and obviously I don't uh, believe to have all the answers but I mean it can't help to have another opinion right and so that's really all this is is my opinion who knows about what the right answer is the right answer is whatever works best for you okay first question I'm disappointed I worked really hard for a job I was promised to be promoted to but they took away the offer because I didn't sign a consent form I didn't agree with it and gave it to someone under me I know how to do the job, yet they refuse. What should I do? I've given up and can hardly work now. This one um, is interesting because you were promised to be promoted and you technically got promoted and you, they didn't, they offered you the job and you didn't agree with the consent form. So I'm not really sure what there is to be upset about. It sounds like a simple disagreement, meaning you were you were uh, promised the job, promoted to the job. They did their part um, in life, in business. There are some sort of rules and legalities, you know, legal things that we have to do when we're working for people. And so just to give you a heads up, when people come and work for me, they have to sign a non-disclosure agreement and um confidentiality agreement because they're working with me all day and so they may hear about things that are happening in my life because kind of my work bleeds into my life and, and vice versa so I have to have the people who are around me have to sign something saying that they're not going to blab you know my business another thing is a non-disclosure meaning that they can't go off to a competitor um, and, and do basically take my practices with them. This is all normal and standard. I sometimes have to sign agreements before I even take a conference call with some of the brands that I work with. A lot of times when new products are coming out, you have to sign an agreement before you can even have a discussion about the deal. So this is all normal. Um, if you didn't agree with the form, then you're not going to get the job. They're not going to give you a job that you that you don't agree with. And it doesn't matter where that if someone's underneath you, if you believe they're underneath you, and it doesn't matter if you can do the job, you didn't take the job. So what should you do? You need to make a decision. Either you're going to stay there. It looks like the position is already gone. Um, perhaps look for it somewhere else, but I find it hard to believe that you won't have to also sign some kind of something 
once you get promoted, even if it's at another company. Um, and just so you know about the law, even if you sign something, if something's not right, you can always fight that kind of stuff in court. So I know people are always like, oh, this paperwork, I don't want to sign it. Take it to an attorney, have an attorney look at it. Maybe if you didn't agree with it, maybe update the contract because sometimes we do that too. Just say, hey, I'm willing to sign it if we change one, two, and three, but just refusing to sign it totally is this not, um, that's not, that just means that you're not going to get the job. And if you're fine with that, uh, then that's what you did. But, um, there's no need in you giving up. It's like you had something to do with this. They did not offer it to you. They offered it to you and you said no. So either you go back and say you want to do it, or you look for another job that doesn't have this kind of agreement that you don't agree with, but there's no need in you giving up. Uh, that's life. It's paperwork. You can sign it. There have been plenty of times that people sign things and they still can go to court and fight it because it's not, um, you know, as long as an attorney can prove that it's not lawful or something like that. So contracts are somewhat binding, but you can still fight them. Okay. First question. That was the first question. Number two, I'll just say, my leak, do you have a mentor? If so, how did you go about finding one? What exactly did you look for? I'm looking for one, but I've yet to find one in my area. This person's in Virginia. Any advice would be appreciated. Um, I think that when you say, do I have a mentor? I think that people look at mentors as um, something this like prominent figure in your life. And this person is the person that I go to for every single thing because you are my mentor. Um, No, I think that I have mentors in various uh aspects of my life and I don't necessarily they don't all have the title over their head but I reach out to them for mentorship for different reasons so like one of my best friends is Ken Burkina beautiful excuse me I also consider him a mentor I say this because I can pretty much go to him with any sort of entrepreneurship or high level business uh question or idea because Ken worked at Procter and Gamble. He worked at UPS, like all in corporate. And so he has like a really sort of, um, what do you call it? Large big picture view of things that I don't always have. Um, I also refer to his Ken's best friend, Brian, who I've met through just knowing him, who's also very sharp, very awesome and very amazing, who also has an MBA, which I don't have, and also has big picture views that can help me get some things moving. Um, and then I also just have, um, just sort of life entrepreneur, uh, mentors. My, my friend, Teresa, she's older, you know, I think she's like maybe 15 or so years older than me. And she's the person who's helped me sort of, she's always believed that I was a hard worker, but felt like I didn't uh, charge enough money for my skills and talents. And so she's a person that I would consider a mentor for that. And then, you know, there's other like distant mentors that I don't have, like these, long, strong relationships with, but like that I feel like if I have a question that I can ask them and when I'm in their presence or in their, you know, in their company, I can ask them. And that's the Lisa Price, the Mahisha Curls, uh, Janelle of Camille Rose Natural. Um, a lot of these women who own some of these brands are fantastic thought leaders and minds and mothers and wives and are very, um, when I'm just talking to them about life stuff and balance, you know, I can always reach out to them, but it's not like, you know, mentoring, Mentoring is not like this super sort of 
uh, I don't know, thing with boundaries on it. It's kind of like fluid. And believe it or not, I mentor some of the girls that work with me in my office and they teach me things too. So I'm technically mentoring them and they're also helping me like just with, you know, their lives is a little bit more carefree and just reminding me to be carefree about some things and they, you know, to laugh. And it's so funny because my assistant's birthday's next week. And normally when she first started working with me, she was so excited about her birthday. It was all about it. And then this year she's not as excited. And I go, Oh, come on, what's up? And she's just like, well, I'm not that excited this year. And I was like, I was relying on you to be excited so that I can get excited for yours and get excited for mine because I never get excited uh, about birthdays. But I guess I'm taking on the excitement this year and doing this. And so that's my advice on having a mentor and then finding a mentor. Mentors are usually going to find you working. So um, you don't have to really ask this person. They're just like relationships. It may be your boss. You may ask your boss a couple questions. It could be someone at your church. It could be different people in your life or distant mentors, you know, on Instagram or online, all of these people can count as mentors that are helping you shape your life um, for the positive. Alrighty. Number three, third question. If you met a cool guy and after a few combos, he asks you to meet up for lunch, how do you respond if he doesn't pay? This happened to me and I really just don't know how to respond. We've been chatting since and he's asked to hang out again. I just don't know what his angle is or what mine should be. This was actually interesting and I saw this question when it came in and I was like, I'm, 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 I'm with you. Like I'm kind of old school in the sense of like, if you are asking me out, you know, especially for lunch, which is a, not an expensive kind of meal. Um, then I think that you should pay. And if I ask you out, which I don't mind doing, um, in a relationship or in a getting to know situation then I would offer to pay, um, I just think that when you offer to pay, it, it's the signal that it sends to someone that says, I am interested. I am, you know, willing to take responsibility for this interaction or something like that. Um, that's what that means. And so I would kind of be like, you know, I would, if you really like him and, you know, you're willing to maybe he doesn't, maybe he doesn't know any better and maybe you can like talk to him about it or. Maybe you can just say, hey, you." I mean, these are all questions that you should ask, like what his intentions are, what is his angle, you know, like, hey, maybe I'm misreading this, but I thought when you wanted to get together that maybe you were interested, interested in me in a dating capacity. Is that the case? And don't, whatever his answer is, don't allow that to have any effect on who you are because you weren't going out with him before and it's not the end of the world. Um, but it's always important to be clear about your intentions. And I used to be sort of like afraid to do that. I would be probably doing the same thing you're doing. I used to be afraid to ask questions, um, in the early dating stages in fear of running this person off. And over time I have learned that I can't run off anybody that is, I can't run off anybody that, um, wants to be with me, right? Like if someone really wants to be with me, I can't run them off with questions, you know? And so what happens is that I was running them off with assumptions, assuming that they were interested in dating me, assuming that they weren't because they weren't offering to pay. And now I just ask. And sometimes it makes people uncomfortable because they're not used to people asking. We do this like really weird mime, like silent dance in the beginning of dating. And it's like, instead of just being upfront, about what it is that we want, what we're looking for. There's nothing wrong with saying I'm looking for a serious relationship or I'm looking to date right now. And 
not that I can't continue to hang out and have lunch with you, but you know, I wondered if that's where we're going, you know, something, anything, it's totally fine. Um, but that's what I would do. And so if he wants to hang out again, I think on the next time you hung out, I would ask like, Hey, what's your angle? I mean, there's a, a cooler way to say it, but don't be ashamed to ask the question because he's asking you out. Alrighty. I'm having my coffee. So give me a second. This one was a good one. Question number four. I am an aspiring author, writer, speaker. I am having the hardest time breaking into an industry that if you don't know someone, you don't get in. Any advice? And then she tells me to check out her writing um, by going to Google and searching her name. And I'll share it with everybody. Yolanda M. Smothers. Um, I will check you out, Yolanda. And uh, I like this question because it applies to a lot of people. And a lot of people think that um, knowing somebody is helpful in getting you into an industry, but it is not mandatory. And I actually had like maybe one or two tops hair contacts before I started Curlbox. Can you believe that? Of the six, seven, eight hundred, maybe even thousand hair care brands, I knew about two people. So that was not a reason to stop me from trying to get into the field. And a lot of people didn't know me. My name didn't ring any bells. And some, you know, I even had an experience where one of the top brands kind of chewed me up. Like, who are you and who do you think you are? And this is from a brand that I absolutely admired. And if I would have let that stop me um, from, from doing this, I wouldn't even be here today. And so I think that I, I was able to combat that by just doing good work, you know, excellence. You will be recognized and you will be noticed by being great. And so you have to just maybe take a look at your work and I'll try to take a look at it a little bit later and see like, where are the gaps? How could you be better? How can you get more people interested in what you're writing and what you're saying? You don't have to know somebody to be, to be noticed. Um, and I think that in a social age and social sharing, if you start sharing some really wise things or some really awesome things that you're doing, you will attract people, you know? So I think you should start working on the attraction part of this. Um, and that's going to help you get noticed, uh, because you don't know anyone and you'll break into the industry by being amazing. All right. Number five. Um, you've mentioned that you read a lot of books, books, which is fantastic. I see that you also tweet a lot of really good articles as well. What are some of your favorite online resources for light but super helpful reads? And I know I'm probably gonna, I'm reading too much into this, but this sometimes cooks my grits, girls and guys, because I know guys listen to this too. But so many people ask me for the easy way out when it comes to reading. I want to read, but I don't want to read that much. What do you recommend I do? Because I don't want to read that much. And maybe that's not what you're saying, but that's how I processed it. And I just think that, there's no way out of it. Like you're going to read, have to read a lot, you know? And so I don't have any online resources for light, but super helpful reads. I don't because I'm not really sure what light reading is. Um, I, reading is just reading to me and helpful is just helpful to me. And so I think that you should do away with light reading and just read, you know, read until you find something that works really well for you and stretch yourself. Um, to do the things that make you uncomfortable because I guess I'm understanding that long, longer reading, um, I guess in a social age with 140 characters, longer reading, people just don't like to do, or they're not, they don't like it or it's uncomfortable to them, but that doesn't matter. You need to stretch yourself and just read helpful things because what happens is that people who are reading or getting the information and people who want to likely read 
are not because they're just getting a couple characters in a little bit. And so light reading is kind of like light reading is just like light results, you know? And so I don't really, I'm not really into that. So I don't know. I don't have any resources, uh, but I've shared tons of helpful reads under my hashtag, my elite bookshare. We already started working on my favorite book list with a couple sentences of why I like these books. So to help guide you in terms of whether or not you want to read it. And so I'm hoping that we can get that up within the next like week or so because it's already in motion and we're going to just continue to update it with books over time. Um, and the last question for the day is at what point in your life did you learn to be true to yourself? Who you are, how you operate just as a human. I'm struggling right now and I think it has a lot to do with being true to me in all aspects of life without apologizing for it. I'll probably be going to therapy soon because trying to figure out the line between being true to me and who I am and compromising as a consideration of someone else in a long-term intimate relationship has become overwhelming and stress-inducing. Firstly, hugs to you um, for just being in that kind of mental and emotional space. Like, um, I've definitely started that movie before, but I think like being true to myself is something that um, came over time and I came by going to a bunch of funerals. I know this kind of sounds morbid and weird, but I mean, I would sit at funerals and watch like people crying and suffering and see the person maybe in the casket or just no longer with us and really start to wonder like, um, mortality is real, meaning like we're definitely leaving this planet and we don't know when, you know? And so I had a friend die when I was, um, 29, I think he was a year older than me, 28, 29, 28, I was 28 when he died and very close friend, um, that I used to work with every day. And I was there at his funeral and I've never been more sad, I think. And that was kind of the thing that I was just like, okay, I've got to stop living my life like this. Like I have to stop living my life by compromising. Like, you know, not, not, not compromising, but not being true to who I am and not chasing my dreams or at least trying. And so that was the reason why I was like, you know, I am going to try entrepreneurship and I don't even know how to do it. I don't know how to start, but I had some money saved up. And so I think I had $7,000 saved up and I was like, I'm just going to try. And it was really hard at times, but even in as hard as it was, um, there was still something so freeing about it. And so I think that a lot of times when we are looking to make some changes in our life, all we can think about is how hard it's going to be. Oh, I'm not going to have as much money or, oh, people are going to think this about me. But when I tell you the other side of like this freedom that you feel and that freedom, you know, you're now freed up to try so many different, so many other different things. And so that is kind of like, I, I decided like, I'm not going to another funeral and listen, listening to another eulogy and promising, you know, making a promise to God to do something and not do it. And so that's really kind of what I did. And I think that it does not hurt to go to therapy. And sometimes therapy helps you figure some things out. Like I always tell people that my therapy is sort of like my exercise from my mind, my weekly exercise from my mind. Like our minds tend to, I, I imagine it as this frequency that goes high, up high and down low. Like imagine a quick frequency up and down, up and down, up and down, you know, high highs and low lows, just thoughts and emotions. And I feel like my therapy keeps that those highs and lows, like the bounce is still there up and down, up and down, but it's softer, you know, like she is constantly saying, Oh, you want to be mindful of this or, Oh, remember that these feelings, like I'll tell her how I was feeling about something, or if I'm supercharged or super emotional, she'll help me 
go back and understand the root of the emotion and the root of the feeling. And that just is like, oh, it's not really, I'm not really mad at this person. I am traumatized from an event in my life. And this is a trigger to that trauma, you know, and that helps me mend my relationships with other people and keep me on track with them um, and not falling out with them and realizing that it's always about me. You know, the positive and the negative in my life is always about me. Um, so, um, if it's overwhelming and stress inducing, I, I don't want to tell you what to do with the relationship, but it's having an effect on you. And so I think that a professional therapist, um, can't hurt, you know, can't hurt you sort of organize some of these thoughts. Um, so that's it. That is my six questions. You can ask me anything on my website, mytaughtyou.com. Um, go to the ask me anything tab, whether it be on the mobile, there's those little bars on the left hand side. Or if you go to the site, it's the Ask Me Anything tab. Um, I still have more journals in my store. I was thinking about maybe not ordering another round of these, but I may because um, graduation's coming up. And a lot of my, a lot of people have been telling me that they want to get this for graduate. So I may let this roll definitely through the summer. My mom actually read the journal for the first time yesterday and texted me that she really liked it. So um, thank you guys so much for always listening and giving me a platform to share. Um, ask me anything and I'd love to answer your questions. Talk to you later. Bye.